Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome. Welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up. And Ron Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies it for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Covey. Here's Mannion the other way. Mannion to Looney, back to Mannion. Mannion off the screen. Finds Poole, right corner, catch and shoot three. Knocked it down, he's got 20. And the Warriors lead by 20. He's 5 of 8 from 3, Tim. 7-11 overall. He just is flourishing right now. That's right. Jordan Poole is flourishing right now. He'd finish 6 of 11 from deep, score 23 points, and the Warriors with a price-of-admission victory against the Rockets tonight in Houston. 108-94 is the final. So the Warriors now 21-20 and on the season. They have the Rockets their 18th consecutive defeat. Uh, but Ryan Covey, it was a, a victory for the Warriors, but uh, today comes with a cost, not only prior to the ball game, but within the ball game. Stephen Curry, bruised tailbone. Uh, we'll hear from Steve Kerr here momentarily with the latest on Steph. James Wiseman and Eric Paschal, we learn right after the ball game, not only having to miss tonight's game, but due to the health and safety protocols surrounding COVID-19. They must be out for the next seven days. So if today is day one, that means that uh, Wiseman and Pascal would miss the two games in Memphis in addition to the game against Philadelphia and maybe even the game a week from tomorrow night uh, remains to be seen against Sacramento. But uh, nice win for the Warriors. But uh, I-, I don't know how good overall you're really feeling about things coming off of it. Yeah, it's good news and bad news, right? I mean, right now, this Golden State Warriors team needed something to feel good about, and winning a basketball game is certainly a nice place to start. Uh, We hadn't seen a whole heck of a lot of that lately for the dub, so uh, absolutely needed to get it done. Back over 500, beat a beleaguered Rockets team, but as you mentioned, a, a steep price to pay, and 
you know, and now that we're into the second half and there's been a couple of more bumps in the James Wiseman rookie road, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to become a little skeptical if this thing's even going to get off the ground for him. Now, we need to be mindful, and, and I'm talking about to where you can, at the end of this season, say definitively he's ready to be the starting five next year for a team that's trying to make a run at a championship. That's that's the goal, and, and I don't know, you know, how much time we're going to have to accurately depict that one way or another, but you, you play the hand you're dealt. Uh, Golden State Warriors got to charge ahead. That's life in the NBA, certainly in the COVID NBA, and hopefully when these guys come back, you plug them in, they're refreshed and ready to roll and add to a team that's hopefully uh, putting together a string of victories. I still think the Warriors uh, can, can win basketball games here in the next week without those two guys uh, as long as they get you know, the contributions from, from the big guys, and then, of course, as long as Steph Curry's okay. 888-957-9570. That's the phone number to participate in the program. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey here on 95.7 The Game. Let, let's go ahead right off the top and get the latest on Stephen Curry from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. Uh, first question, obviously, on everyone's mind in the post-game Zoom room. And uh, here's what Steve Kerr had to say about uh, how he felt when he first saw Steph go down and just kind of where things stand at this point. Well, I didn't uh, see it first. And then, uh, you know, after the buzzer sounded, I saw everybody getting up to to look at uh, what was happening. So it was scary. He told me after that, you know, he, he started backpedaling and normally he would have basically fallen back into the fans and, you know, sitting courtside, but there's nobody there, obviously. So said he, you know, he sort of took that, that step expecting to to stop and uh he just kept going and fell right on his tailbone on that you know that piece of metal on the sidelines that uh, that holds the, the stands in place so kind of scary he he says he's going to be fine you know long term it's it's going to bother him though for uh you know definitely in the next few days so uh no idea if he'll play in memphis but uh he's, he seems to be feeling like like he'll be okay you know over the next next week or so but we'll see and please don't take that to mean that I'm saying he's going to be out for a week. He could be practicing tomorrow for all I know, but we will we'll give you an update as soon as we have one. So Steve Kerr very succinctly making sure, I mean, anything pertaining to Steph obviously is going to be a huge deal. Didn't want to misspeak and have something uh, get run with that may not be the most accurate uh, of information. Uh, but it sounds like the Warriors maybe dodged one here uh, initially. Uh, even if it winds up being a scenario where Steph can't play Friday, maybe can't play Saturday, again, that's not decided as of yet, as Steve Kerr made very clear. But long term, uh, it doesn't look like it, it's going to be significant, at least at this stage. So that, uh, in and of itself, I would say is good news right now. Yeah, and you'll just have to reevaluate tomorrow. I mean, you know, bruises like that, tailbone bruises, any any kind of collision like that, you, you really will have to assess how you feel tomorrow, right? I mean, he could he could feel a lot better, and hey, maybe you dodged a bullet, or that thing could swell overnight. I know they'll take as much precautionary measures as they can, uh, but it'll be you know something they'll just have to evaluate, and, and you hope for the best. You know, Steph's obviously been durable this year he's been able to stay healthy that's a huge part of why the Warriors find themselves over 500 right now because of the way he's been able to perform on a consistent basis uh, you, you're at a stretch in the season where you've got some winnable games coming up and the one thing that could hinder that would be Steph Curry missing any meaningful amount of time so fingers crossed uh, that, that Steph can get back out there quick fast and in a hurry and you hear Steve Kerr allude to just the how Steph fell 
And there's a relating to that platform, almost platform risers where he fell and he landed right where the riser rose up another, you know, couple of inches on that step and it looked like he got got caught right by that right by that point where it rises up uh, a little bit uh, upon further review there. So uh, Steph takes the brunt of that, and again, we all hope for the best, and and we'll see uh, where things stand a little bit more tomorrow as the Warriors will head for Memphis and then uh, get to Memphis, and they've got the baseball style back-to-back Friday and Saturday uh, at Memphis with uh, a club that uh, the Warriors are right there with as far as 9 and 10, a couple of teams that uh, right now would be facing each other uh, if the season ended today uh, at Chase Center in San Francisco in the second uh, of the two play-in games with the uh, winner looking to advance to, to possibly have a shot to get into the tournament. So 888-957-9570, uh, we lay out the rough news for the Warriors pertaining to Steph. We'll also hear from Steve Kerr coming up later in the program with the latest on James Wiseman and Eric Paschal, who are going to have to miss seven days due to the COVID health and safety protocols. I know Steve Kerr was asked in the press conference uh, about what you alluded to, and, and, and I'll be a little bit more pointed with it. If there's any frustration uh, with, you know, whether it's no fault of, of Wiseman or Pascal, just the frustration of, hey, it's another three, maybe four games off the schedule that he will not, in particular, Wiseman, have an opportunity to grow and grow up to that point that you mentioned about developing into somebody that, that can be a, a starting center for a team that believes they can do some things in the playoffs come this fall uh, in 2021 because that is what it's all about. Uh, I think Steve Kerr addressed it pretty eloquently in the, in the pregame. Hey, big picture, uh, this is going to be a small blip on what uh, – Hopefully, for the Warriors' sake and for James Wiseman's sake, is a is a hell of a career uh, when you look back on it. If he's playing for the next 10, 15 plus years at a high level, uh, you know we're probably not going to remember the fact that he had to miss time. But every time it seems like James Wiseman's about ready to make a jump or get an opportunity to make a jump, something happens, and I think uh, you know that can be a, a little frustrating. Uh, again, even if it winds up being a situation. Uh, where it winds up being to you know no fault of uh, the individual, and we definitely want to make sure we're being sensitive uh, about uh, all things related to COVID uh, in this current day and age. Let, let's get to Drew in Oakland uh, up first here on Warriors Wrap Up on the phone lines. Hey, Drew, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, guys, how's it going tonight? Good. Great. Hey, uh, J.D., so boots on the ground. I consider you a longtime Warriors guy. Um just a question. Like, I'm not excited about it. I'm a season ticket holder at the Chase, but I'm not excited about the Houston win. It's nice that we won, but, I mean, they haven't won in about two months. So, but going forward, what do you see? i got a lot to unpack, and I'll try and do it fast. What do you see going forward makes us an elite team again? Because, you know, I hear the national media and I hear the local media say, well, you know, we're looking for Clay Thompson back. But in my opinion, anyway, Clay Thompson only makes us a good team. He doesn't make us elite because you see – C.J. McCullough's been out. Paul George has been out. KD's been out. And those teams keep winning. A good team, you know, if George Kittle is a different sport, goes out for the Niners, they are still expected to make the playoffs. So if Clay goes out, I mean, what's going to change? And why aren't we a desired point of destination for some of these big-name free agents anymore? You know, six years, seven years ago, uh, when we got Iguodala, he was the first guy that started all this 
Jim comes back, and we still don't have a younger Iguodala. We don't have a younger Livingston. What makes us elite again? Is Bob Myers, you know. Okay. Drew, I'll, I'll answer it for you, and thanks for the call. I'll answer it for you. Steph continuing to be at an MVP level. Clay Thompson coming back. James Wiseman developing into uh, a star in, in pretty short order the next couple of years. Uh, Andrew Wiggins uh, becoming a little bit more consistent. And the Warriors going out and finding a, a starting-level bench player, a la Iguodala, that that is in that sixth-man spot. And you go find somebody that, that can play at the level that Sean Livingston did as your seventh man as well. And, oh, by the way, Jordan Poole continues on the trajectory that, that he's been on these last maybe four to six games. If all of those things happen, the Warriors are going to be a championship-contending team again. Not impossible, but at this point, there's still a a ways to go. I mean, that's just reality right now. Yeah, of course. And I I think it's just about recalibrating the expectations. Like, I think there's a – I think we need to recognize the difference between – where the Warriors were at for a period of years where they were the prohibitive favorite to win the NBA title. There's a difference between being the runaway favorite and being in the mix, right? And, and certainly the days of them being the runaway favorite are in all likelihood well, well done. But that doesn't mean they can't still be in the mix. And guess what? Just being in the mix to be you know, a, you know, a high-level playoff team – that's basically all a team could ask for anyway, right? Being the standard for a half a decade, like, that's rare. That doesn't happen. That's not supposed to happen in a sport with parity uh, and in a sport with a salary cap. Like, it's just, it's not supposed to go down like that. So uh, appreciate that for what it was, and then take this next segment in time and say, look, this, this front office has done things in a, a, you know, a, a pretty important way, hence the three banners that are hanging at the Chase Center. Uh, and you still got Steph, and, and you laid out all the, uh, you know, all the players that they still have at their disposal. Proposal. You still got Minnesota's pick, um, you know, protected top three. But if it's not this year, it'll be even next year. So, you know, they've got assets. And and look, you also have an owner that's willing to spend big cash, right? I mean, just look at the Kelly, excuse me, the Kelly Oubre acquisition this year in a year where they, you know, aren't going to be hunting for a championship anyway. Uh, they were still willing to go that deep just to make sure this team was competitive. So they get the benefit of the doubt for me in that respect. But I do agree with the fact that it's not just as simple as, oh, you plug Clay Thompson back in and this team's going to be championship worthy again. There's a lot of other factors at play here. There, there is, and and Clay's a part of it. And we talked about it on Warriors Live today. You know, Clay Thompson was pretty open and honest on Sunday when he met with the media that he isn't going to be Clay Thompson right off the bat. And he laid out a detailed timeline, basically saying, hey, the first month, that may or may not be, you know, that may be off the table for him even playing the first month of next season. And when he comes back, he may be playing 20, 25 minutes a game, not 35 minutes a game at the level where he's guarding the other team's best player and coming off 100 screens, and it's effortless. Now, he maintains that he believes he can get back to that level at some point during next season uh, and, and for the remainder of, of a stretch of his career while he would still be in, in prime years. But I, I think, you know, to a certain extent, we almost have to pump the brakes on, on that in particular as far as it being an automatic what Clay gives you because Clay isn't going to necessarily be Clay by his own admission right off the top. Now, again, and, and you're right. I mean, there's there's means to add to this thing, whether it's the draft pick, uh, you know, Warriors' own draft pick, whether it's the, the Minnesota pick, as long as it's not in the top three. You know, it, it's going to take a guy like Kelly Oubre 
being a sixth man. It's you know, and maybe it's not Kelly Oubre specifically, but if it's not Kelly Oubre, it's whoever Kelly Oubre turns into if you trade him either at the deadline, which I think at this point is probably unlikely, or uh, if he winds up being somebody that gets signed and, and traded uh, to another team and and that player winds up coming back and being a rotation player. Uh, it, it's pretty clear you know, what needs to be done, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be easy to get done. I mean, there's a long, long way to go uh, in, in this thing. Uh, I think a big part of it, though, and you've mentioned this a lot, Covey, it's just hold yourself up the best you can this year. You know, be a few games over 500. Get back to having a winning culture. Uh, as far as the the other part that that Drew brought up with respect to, hey, why do why do player why is it not a destination? Well, it's it's not a destination because the moment Clay Thompson went down on November the 18th, the Marcus Alls and the Avery Bradleys and the guys like that, they didn't think the Warriors were championship caliber. So they went to places that they believed they could win a championship this year. The right. Warriors, at least for now, at least for this year, I'm not talking about the future, but at least for now, and, and obviously last year when they were going to be playing without Clay, the league did not believe that they were a contender. So right. those guys are just off the board. Now, once you prove that you're back closer to that level, then guys are going to want to jump jump off of wherever they're coming from and, and join the party. And you make a great point, J.D., and that's why, again, this idea that this year doesn't matter much in the grand scheme of things because it's, you know, it's not likely to end in a championship, that's, that's crazy to me. It's, it's just downright foolish uh, because that's the one thing you can absolutely accomplish. You can reestablish yourself as a player in the Western Conference. And, you know, you're a free agent and, and you're looking around. Let's say the Golden State Warriors, you know, they, they push, you know, maybe they go in the play-in tournament, but they, they get into the playoffs, right? However, it is six seed or you make it through in the plan yeah. and you play a first round series against one of those top four teams you push them to six games you win a couple of games it's a tight series couple of close games hell maybe even you mess around and, and upset somebody which obviously would be optimal um, but even if you have just a good showing in the postseason knowing that Wiseman will be a year older all the other clays coming back all the other stuff all of a sudden now for a prospective free agent you're looking around thinking Man, uh, like, look no further than the L.A. Clippers and what they did against the Dubs, right? And, and that last year, the Warriors went to the finals. They pushed the Warriors to six games in that first-round playoff series. All of a sudden, when Kawhi Leonard's thinking, man, uh, let's see, Lakers or Clippers. You know what? I can go to the Lakers because I've seen what – I mean, excuse me, I can go to the Clippers because I've seen what they're building there. I'll grab my boy playoff P, Paul George, along the way because I can flex like that. But, see, it's just – it's you can build on that momentum, and, and that's a big deal. Uh, and, and, you know, I think still the Warriors, they have that cachet around the NBA where, you know, they, they treat their players well and, you know, you, you treat them good on the way out and that stuff is known. So I still think they have the opportunity to accomplish that and the better you finish this year uh, and, and you know, the, the more playoff prominence that you're able to achieve, that only enhances your stature in that free agent market for guys maybe wanting to come and jump on a, uh, you know, a winning team and make a run at a championship. Yeah, you, you have to you have to prove that you're at a certain level. It's 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 be a good team this year and get into the playoffs, like you said. It's it's add to this team next year and, and use what you have available to you to add to this team and it, and it's get better. It's Wiseman makes a jump and looks like, oh my goodness, this guy's going to be a star. Like you know that they, so he's in the mix. The league will will look around and see that if it's Kelly Oubre remains or Kelly Oubre again, if the Warriors choose to use him more of an asset than than the player, it's whoever you wind up getting uh, back for him. So 
uh, you know, that, that if that player has to come in and play well. And look, the reason this thing flipped and, the, and everybody wanted to join the party, a lot of it was because Stephen Curry turned himself into a freaking superstar. And the right. Warriors showed that they could win a championship based on what they built. Like, Andre Iguodala came because he wanted to play with Steph. Because he saw from playing the Warriors in that playoff series that they, in his mind, could be something special and he could help get them over the top. And that's exactly what happened. And then they became not only a championship team, but had an all-time great season the following year. Didn't win it, but at that point, after they already proved they could win it, then Kevin Durant wanted to come. Why? Because he wanted to play with Steph Curry, and he wanted to play beautiful basketball, and he wanted to play that style, and he wanted to play with an unselfish superstar, multiple unselfish superstars, and he wanted to win. And so, like, but the Warriors earned that right yep. for those players to want to come based on what they built homegrown themselves. A lot of it starts with Steph. Really all starts with Steph, but also Joe Lacob and Bob Myers and even Steve Kerr uh, for, for building a culture that people want to be a part of. Yeah, and you know what the great news is, J.D.? All those guys you just mentioned, they're still affiliated with the organization. Uh, so you hope that you can you can get some of that rub. And yes, of course, uh, you know, finishing this year strong. And, 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 and also, you know, that's where the Wiseman factor comes into this too, right? Because, you know, if you're going to sign a you know, four-year deal with the Golden State Warriors, something like that, even, you know, even a, a veteran coming in for a year or two on the back end, you also want to know that, you know, there's, there's, not, there's also some reinforcements on the way too, right? There's even, there's more upside and, and the tantalizing, prospect of where James Wiseman's career could be in a year from now I think is is going to be huge and and yeah it's it's been a little bit disappointing this year but yeah even a guy like Jordan Poole like the fact that Jordan Poole could just you know roll in and hit six threes in a game now like that's huge for the Golden State Warriors they need that bench scoring they need that depth so um you know that you could still check a lot of boxes the rest of this year that you can certainly carry over and and reap the benefits from next year. 888-957-9570, John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on Warriors wrap-up on 95.7. The game Warriors get the win over the Rockets, 108-94. So Golden State now 21-20 and as they're off to Memphis. They're going to take on the Grizzlies Friday and Saturday. Grizzlies locked up in a close one right now. Uh, they're taking on Miami, and they got a one-point lead with under 30 seconds to go at home, uh, shooting free throws uh, up by one right now uh, in the closing seconds of that one. Those two teams, the Warriors and the, and the Grizzlies, uh, neck and neck right now in the Western Conference with the Warriors currently in ninth and the Grizzlies uh, currently in tenth. You mentioned Jordan Poole. Uh, another just outstanding effort uh, for, for Jordan Poole tonight, the 23 points, 6 of 11 from 3. Uh, he winds up uh, basically finishing the second and the fourth quarters tonight. Uh, got in a little bit early uh, in, in the third quarter, and he winds up just finishing the job tonight. And look, this he, he looks much more confident. Uh, he's knocking down open shots. The game doesn't look like it's coming too fast for him. Uh, so far, so good. And And look, I put tonight in the category of doing it when it means something and you know because this is a game the Warriors have to have and even though it's against a Rockets team that's woefully injured and lost 17 in a row coming in now 18 this is this this game had stakes it doesn't just have to be against quality opponents for the game to have stakes this is a game the Warriors needed to win and Jordan Poole gave him a major lift and helped carry him home when they had to finish this thing without Stephen Curry 
yeah, Jordan Poole's checking major boxes for me right now. I mean, just the ability to create his own offense, the ability to play off the ball like and, and move around and, and hunt for shots. Uh, you can tell he's out there. He, he's hungry. He wants, to, uh, he wants the basketball in his hands. He's a confident shooter. Uh, that time in the G League did wonders for his development and his confidence and Look, they, they need Jordan Poole uh, in, to be a scorer uh, if this team's going to make a run at the playoffs and, and maybe even avoid the play-in tournament. You just need that depth, and you need young depth, right, J.D.? I mean, you know, how many years do we hear, oh, well, you know, Bob Myers, where's the young player development? Where's all these draft picks that they're hitting? And, yeah, I, I get it. Like, you know, it's, it's things are a lot easier when you're – drafting players, you know, top five, lottery picks, top ten. Regardless, uh, Jordan Poole has an opportunity to be a terrific NBA scorer, uh, and and right now we're seeing that ascension. So uh, it's great to see, and and I'm just going to go back on record. I adopted him at the top of the season. I said Jordan Poole was going to be my guy uh, who I was going to, you know, ride with this year. I wanted to take a big jump. We got off to a slow start, J.D., but Jordan Poole, he's officially validating my faith in him before the season, and he's, he's just having fun, man. So I would expect it to continue. To me, he's already proven that he can score, get better, you know, become a, a more consistent two-way player, and just refine those aspects of your game. And I think they got something. I think Jordan Poole, just the fact that he can go out and score 23 in an NBA game, like that's that's a huge deal. There's only, you know, what, maybe half the players in the league are even capable of doing that alone. So Jordan Poole's checking major boxes, man. Yeah, and it and it's and he's knocking down six threes and doing it. I mean, for me, it's all about the offense at this point because if he can, pl- if he can keep knocking down shots, then, then he's playable, especially with that second unit considering how poorly uh, they were playing offensively. Just no juice, and, and he has the right mentality for what you want out of a guy that's going to be on a second unit not playing with Steph. He's a guy that loves shooting the rock. Like, he's one of those guys that never met a shot that didn't like or didn't <laughs> want to take. And yeah. and that's a good thing. Uh, you know, the, the confidence is a good thing. It's just a matter of allowing the game to to slow down a little bit and, and to where he can knock those shots down consistently. So uh, I was more skeptical for sure, uh, and – but but he's proven me wrong uh, at this point, and I you know if he can keep playing at, at at close to the level that he has between now and the end of the year, then maybe there is going to be a conversation to be had about him being in the rotation on a team that that maybe has a little bit uh, higher expectations uh, next season. Let's uh, hear from Steve Kerr tonight uh, as he addressed uh, Jordan Poole's game, but more importantly, Jordan Poole's development. Jordan was great. He's on a good run. I like his aggression. The thing that impresses me the most is just how quick his decision making has been there's no wasted motion you know last year his his rookie year and even in the early part of this season he'd catch the ball and hold it not much holding it now you know he's catching his catching the ball and making his move quickly or shooting quickly you know we we call it 0.5 basketball meaning point you know 0.5 seconds before uh, you know you make your your move it's really important in this game to, to make a decision to dribble pass or shoot in that point five because it keeps the game flowing. And uh, I think you know, Chris Weems and his staff did a great job with Jordan and Orlando, really emphasized that. And as we have all year, and I think he really felt it in Orlando, and that's carried over to his return. So all in all, when you think about Jordan's development, you know, coming out after his sophomore year, this is his second season. We're a year and a half into his career. It's been a pretty natural progression for his development. These days, we all want instant gratification, but it takes players time to get, get comfortable in this league. 
And to me, he's looking very comfortable now. So it's exciting. Yeah, and he's changing the narrative, as you mentioned, Covey, about how the Warriors, you know, the, the way their ability to develop players. I have a feeling James Wiseman, uh, at some point here in the next year or so, is gonna is gonna go into that category as well, where it's like, oh yeah, who who said the Warriors can't develop players? Yeah, I, I think that looks a little bit foolish. Jordan Poole making people look uh, real good though over the course of these last four to six games. It's so funny, like, and and I I understand, you know, to a degree when you start talking about you know guys like Damian Jones, but I mean, really, like, what did you expect? I mean, you know, he's the, the number three center on a team that doesn't even really utilize the center much. Uh, and, oh, yeah, they're they're going to five straight finals. I'm sorry, player development is in the top of the list. Teams that are trying to develop young players are teams that are trying to get to where the Golden State Warriors were for five years. And then miss me with anything regarding last year in any way, shape, or form. The amount of yeah. loss that this team suffered, like it, the amount of broadsides that they took, I mean, and you could say, hey, look, it was it, everything comes to an end. I totally understand that. But you can't take away anything from last year. So really, this is the first year of the next chapter. And guess what? There's been some highs. There's been some lows. There's still plenty of things to feel positive about. And there's still plenty of things that this team needs to work on. But for me, I, th- this idea that, like, they don't get the benefit of the doubt, like, since when? Right? I mean, come on. Like, I'm sorry. If you're a Golden State Warriors fan, what they did for really those seven years going to the postseason and then just being back in the conversation this year, that should tell you all you need to know about how this organization handles their business. So they get the benefit of the doubt to me until proven otherwise. Now, if they end up, you know, six games under 500 and Steph plays most of the games this year and they circle the drain in the second half, okay, fine. But I don't think anybody thinks that's going to happen. The Warriors have one of the easiest schedules the rest of the way. If they stay healthy, they're going to be a playoff team. Nobody wants to see the dubs in the playoffs. And then you're set up to to roll for next year get a little more run for pool develop Wiseman a little more in the second half get that culture get that swag back and we'll see you in the fall he's Ryan Covey I'm John Dickinson Warriors wrap up we're rolling on here we're going to hear from Steve Kerr on uh, if there's a level of frustration with the fact that James Wiseman and Eric Paschal are going to have to miss the next seven days we'll also have who's hot who's not as uh, we roll on here on 95.7 the game Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseboard dribbles all the way into the baseline, throws it back out to Wiggins. Above the break, left side, and another three for Wiggins, and the Warriors are pouring this on now. 66-42. Now... Back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Good things usually happen when Andrew Wiggins is knocking down shots, and he knocked down three of six from three for 17 points, uh, and the Warriors go on to beat the Rockets tonight in Houston, 108-94. to That snaps a four-game road losing streak for the Dubs, now 21-20 and on the season, 8-13 and on the road, and the Warriors came out and, and really put it on the Rockets in the second quarter of this one, Covey. 37-17 in the second quarter after the Warriors led by four at the end of the first. That was the largest halftime lead of the season for Golden State as they uh, ran it all the way up to 68-44 uh, at the intermission. The Warriors also holding an opponent under 100 for just the fifth time this year, but uh, good to be 5-0. and uh, in, in those games when you hold uh, an opponent under 100. And one unique uh, deal for the Warriors tonight, they won a game where they didn't score 110 for just the third time in 20 games. 3-17 and 17, the Warriors now when they score under uh, 110 points. But uh, you add it all up and a much-needed victory in this ballgame tonight uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, and I think reestablishing their defensive identity, and again, no, nobody's going crazy. I understand it was the Rockets. They're you know basically rolling a G League team out there right now, but you still needed to get the victory tonight. And the way that they defended, the way that they rallied to the basketball, the way that they switched, I mean, I, I thought that uh, there was a, a really concentrated effort, and, and they made they contested a lot of shots for Houston. And look, that's you know being a top-five uh, defense and opponent's field goal percentage – that's what had gotten them to four games over 500. And then you go through that brutal stretch where you go one and five. Uh, you're playing the creme de la creme in the NBA, and they had slipped a bit. So if this season is going to get back on track, it's going to start with that defense. And so that's a, a, a really nice uh, a really nice step in the right direction tonight. Now, got to just go out and, uh, and, and double down in Memphis uh, and, and certainly – you know, getting a split there. I saw Jaw hit the game winner tonight for them. So uh, that's a big win for Memphis over a, a really tough Heat team that have been playing pretty good basketball lately. Um, but for the Dubs, it's just getting getting that swagger back, getting that confidence back. And they're still taking some bumps. I mean, no Pascal and Wiseman the next week. That's going to suck. We'll see how Curry's feeling tomorrow. Um, but, uh, you know, to, to quote you, Patna, price of admission win. They got it. Now you charge ahead. Let's get to our uh, who's hot and who's not. Uh, That's sponsored by Exergen because accuracy matters. Got to be Jordan Poole in the hot category tonight uh, as Jordan Poole playing terrific basketball with the 23 points tonight, but over the last six, he's averaging 18.5 points per game on 53.5% from the field uh, and 46% from three. 20 for 43 over the last six games from three-point range uh, for Jordan Poole. He's done it in games with stakes. He's done it in games with lesser stakes. You add it all up, he's just done it, period. So uh, it would not be a who's hot, who's not tonight without Jordan Poole. Yeah, 
I mean, he's feeling good right now. The confidence is sky high. And look, I, I think where the Wiseman development has been, you know, such a, a prevalent talking point, and rightfully so, uh, the fact that there's some some youthful exuberance on display for this team right now at a time where, you know, James Wiseman is, has been a little up and down. And by the way, even since the break, like when we have seen him on the floor, it's actually looked pretty damn good. But Jordan Poole, if, if he has a big second half, J.D., and you can roll into next year knowing that, hey, you have a bona fide scorer off your bench that could be the, you know, seventh most important player in your rotation, you know, eighth maybe, like you're feeling pretty damn good. If Jordan Poole is your eighth most important player and he's a guy that could give you 20 on an odd night, that's what deep playoff, you know, deep playoff caliber teams bring to the table. So I, I love that for Jordan Poole, uh, and hopefully it just continues to ascend. And, you know, I, I don't really see what would stop that, right? I mean, he showed that he could do it against uh, elite defending teams. He's shown he can do it now in, you know, uh, important game situations. And, yeah, consistency is the name of the game, and sure, teams are going to start to pay him a lot more mind. But the bag of tools that he has, you know, his quickness, uh, I think he's got a nice feel for the game. I, I just The things that I've seen him have success at, unless his shot just dries up and he can't hit a three to save his life at some point, which will happen. Uh, I, I think this type of production is probably here to stay. It doesn't look like, you know, some gimmicky in a vacuum stuff for me. This just looks like, hey, Jordan Poole's gotten comfortable at the NBA level, so here we go. I got one more who's hot for you, and it's it's got to be Draymond Green tonight. The, and the obvious who's not is I, I, I'm not even picking anybody from the Warriors tonight. They controlled this game. They, they were in control really from the second quarter on. But we got to give the – I mean, the Rockets, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, 18 consecutive losses now, a franchise record 18th consecutive loss. But to come back to who's hot uh, – I'm giving a nod to Draymond tonight because he really put his imprint on the game on both sides. Again, that's two of the last three, uh, and and it's a triple-double in two of the last three. The 27th career triple-double for for Draymond in the regular season. 26-1, the Warriors, when Draymond has a triple-double. You want to see the the numbers aren't going to be there. You want to see the intensity, though, and the purpose – uh, I, I think a little bit more consistently. Is that is that fair? Is that fair to ask? Yeah, I, I think it's fair to ask. I don't think we're going to get it. And look, maybe, you know, Draymond making what I would call business decisions on nights where the Warriors don't have it, uh, maybe that's why he's able to come out and play, you know, a nice two-way game on nights where they do have it. Like, maybe he just doesn't have it in the tank for 72 and he needs to be out there. Um, you would hope that he would, you know, considering, like, he's not 40 and, you know, he hasn't sustained, like, major injuries or anything, so he should be good to go. But I do think that he, you know, is, is in, in essence, preserving himself and, and on nights where, okay, there's, you know, we can go get it and, and we've got a good rhythm tonight, like, he'll, he'll go out there and empty the tank. And I like the fact that he was out there playing down the stretch in the fourth quarter, even when the game was decided. Uh, you know, Looney's certainly had his uh, durability issues and no Wiseman, no Pascal. And so, he, you know, I, I'm, it seemed to me like he probably just told Coach Kerr, uh, go ahead, keep me out there. I'm good. You know, I'll, I'll close this, get, uh, this thing out for these guys. So I, I think I would like to see more consistency from Draymond. I hope, though, that it's not something that this is just who he is now uh, because say what you want about this year – if he's still in the business decision half, you know, half games he's invested, half games he's kind of tapping out next year, that's going to be a big problem if this team has aspirations that I think that they have. All right, so that's our who's hot and who's not uh, sponsored by Exergen. 
because accuracy matters. It's Warriors wrap-up with J.D. and Covey here on 95.7 The Game. More from Steve Kerr coming up uh, regarding James Wiseman and Eric Paschal, who due to the COVID health and safety protocols uh, are set to miss seven days, with today being day one. So that means they're out for the two games in Memphis, the Philly game uh, at home uh, on Tuesday uh, at a minimum, and then the Warriors play Sacramento uh, in Sacramento a week from tomorrow. So stay tuned uh, for that here coming up in just a moment. Let's get to Priest in Palo Alto on the phone lines at 888-957-9570. What's going on tonight, Priest? All right. Well, how's it going, guys? Man, I, I you know, don't don't blame me if I love these young kids, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just – I'm – I go back to when Golden State with the Warriors first came here. Listen, Mannion and Poole can play. I know, you know, don't talk. Getting Mannion in the second round was an absolute steal. This kid was one of the number one point guards coming out of high school over LaMelo Ball. And I'm telling you, those two kids, Jordan Poole can get to the basket with a plethora of moves. The stuff I saw down in the G, man, and I know this is a the NBA is different, but this kid just has game. He just does. Mannion can play with Wiseman. And please, you guys, don't forget, people forget we have a guy named Marquis Chris on this team. Good point. Because he hasn't played all year. Because that's going to be huge next year. And they, and no one ever talks about it when they look into next year. That's going to be huge, along with Wiseman. This team has youth that I'm loving. I'm, and I, I, you know, I focus on the, you know, the Clays and the Currys and the, and the Draymond. I mean, they, they, I love them, man. I, Steph has my favorite player of all time label on him right now. I'm just saying, in order for Steph's career to end on a high note, these young cats got to come through. It just has to happen. Yeah. No doubt. Thanks, Priest. Appreciate the call. Uh, As far as Marquise Chris, I think the reason nobody talks about him, uh, obviously it's because he's been injured, but it's also because he's going to be a free agent. And I I think he's somebody that the Warriors would would like to have back. But the one one thing I will caution, and look, optimism is high, and I do think Nico Mannion had a solid game. Uh, It's been a little more up and down for Mannion than than Poole. I I do think it's important that we separate those two and and not – consistently lump them together. Jordan Poole uh, it was a first-round pick all right, last year that, that played and took his lumps and grew and came back and was better early in the year, although still not where he needed to be. Went to the G League, continued to work on his game, and, and looks really good right now. They're, these are two separate categories. And, but the one thing I'll caution is you can't – like you're not going to be able to keep everybody – and the flat out truth is the Warriors aren't going to want to keep everybody. Amen. From, from it, it's the same it's the same reason that Kai Bowman and Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks are not on this year's team. And you know what? The Warriors are better for it that they're not on this year's team because they upgraded at the positions that those guys played from last year. And so I, you know it, it's it's no disrespect to any of those players, but. 
you know, I say this all the time. If Steph and Clay and Wiggins and Draymond and Wiseman, if that's your starting five, and Poole, I think, is battling to be in the top eight. I don't think he's battling necessarily to be six or seven because you want to have that one guy that's going to be the veteran player that's able to start, an Ubre type that's the six. You, you know, maybe Poole could be the seven. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, again, we got a long way to go here. He's got to finish the rest of this season and keep playing at the level that he's playing at to, to be in that conversation. But if you're going to have Wiseman and you're going to go get a veteran big and, you know, maybe Kevon Looney's going to be still around because he's under contract, you, you, you're going to keep Marquise Chris, that, that's fine, but then where's he going to play? You know, Eric Paschal's another guy. Like, you can't keep everybody. So I, I know there's some attachment to certain players, and all these guys have different ways that they can impact the game positively, but you're not going to be able to keep them all. And, again, the Warriors probably aren't going to want to keep them all because they want to get better than the team that they have right now. No, that's that's it, J.D., and, and what pieces get moved? Well, that'll be for Bob Myers and, and Steve Kerr to decide. All these guys can do in this rotation is give them every reason to want to keep them around, right? And, you know, I, I think, you know, the Damian Lees of the world, certainly the Brad Wanamakers, you know, Juan Toscano-Anderson, great story. He could be a depth guy, but, you know, and I'm talking, like, way down the rotation, 11, 12, you know, one of those types. That's fine. Uh, but I still feel like, and, and you hit on this, J.D., like, even before, like, coming into the season. You've been on this the whole way, man. Like, we already we, we already know who, you know, basically one through five are, provided there's not a, you know, a big trade it's six seven eight like that's where that's the difference between being a a pretty good team and being a deep team with championship aspirations right and and if you can fill those but that was the difference between you know the Warriors being a you know a a good team and a playoff team and having Iguodala and David West and, and Sean Livingston that was the difference between them you know being in the conversation to yeah we'll see it we'll see in June in the finals right and so if they want to get back there, it is the it's going to be those spots because look, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiseman, Wiggins, those five, they're going to be here next year, uh, barring you know them them swinging for the fences and making a big time trade. Maybe Ubre. Let's will get be to. Here. Oh, did I drop? Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, was I cutting out or something? Sorry. Um, the reality is, we just we don't know, and, and we won't know until this season. But there's still you know plenty of, of like it, it's really about six, seven, and eight for next year, and what that looks like is going to determine the Warriors' championship aspirations. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And again, six and seven, I think, have to be think Iguodala and Livingston, and not in terms of skill set or play, but just cachet. Like Iguodala as a wing player that could that could finish a game for you or start, but he was a bench player. Livingston, the ultimate glue guy, backup point guard, could defend, was long. Again, I'm not saying you're going to get those guys because those guys are special in their own right, but think players that have that level of NBA cachet. That's what you want if you're the Warriors to be your sixth and your seventh men next year. Maybe Jordan Poole falls in line after that as far as an eight spot, but he's still got a ways to go to earn that. I think the Warriors are probably going to want to go out and get a veteran big. Uh, I mean, there's just no way between Pascal and Looney and Chris, uh, when, when you look at, at, at all of those players, uh, there, there's just no way that all of them are going to be on the on the team next year. It, it's just not going to be possible. Let's get to Osen. Osen in Pleasanton, you're up next here on Warriors Wrap Up. Hey, Mosen. Uh, pleasure to oh, be Oh, Mosen, okay. Uh, I, I, I want to call in and, and publicly apologize to Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. I doubted the man. 
he I read all the news stories about how hard he was working. I said, okay, let's see. Uh, he was not good at the start of the season. He was pulled from the rotation very quickly. And since this G League stint, I think he's been a, a really key player, and I think somebody who can really help lead to some success the second half of the season. So uh, everyone knows how hard he's worked. I, I just want to give my hat off to him. His shorts are still a little kind of crazy short for, <laughs> from a modern NBA player, but a uh, really exciting young player. And I think him and Wiseman, second unit, as Wiseman starts to develop, I think that could be a real plus going forward, um, even if it costs some games to figure it out. So that's all I wanted to say. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the call. Hey, he can wear the shorts however he wants to wear the shorts if he's knocking down six threes a game. You can do whatever you want, brother. No doubt. You want to rock them like, uh, like Isaiah Thomas in the 80s and Larry Bird? Do your damn thing, man. Uh, he, if he could score and he can help this Warriors uh, second unit, he can wear them any hey, – dude, if he wants to wear, like, uh, wear leggings underneath, he wants to go with the headband, uh, you know, one arm full of wristbands, whatever it takes. He wants to rock the copper fit sleeve. I'm in on all of that, whatever it's going to take, because uh, it's about the production. Right now they're getting it from him. And you know what? I, I do think, too, you can, you can hear it in Kerr's voice, too, like – because he's, you know, he answers a lot of questions about James Wiseman, and I think Kerr is is feeling is feeling pretty good about being able to talk about a young player that's having a big time positive impact, uh, and and it's just it's plain to see, right? And and certainly, and I know we kind of lump Poole and Mannion in together, but certainly what it does is right now, I mean. Tell me anybody second-guessing Steve Kerr for making that switch at the break now, right? I mean, you know, the second unit, and I even said this, J.D., when they were taking their lumps against, uh, you know, the Clippers and, and the Lakers, that the competition is going to ease up a little bit. And now that they've seen the best of the best, this the, now the, the teams that they're going to see the next couple of weeks, they're going to be like, oh, this, this is a little easier to deal with. Like, you've already been up against the best, so I think that's only going to serve them well. Those Taking those lumps and, 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 you know, getting basically ran out of the gym for a couple of stretches, that'll only stand to serve them well moving forward. Yeah, tonight's a, a, one of those that I, I kind of I, – I really bookmarked in my mind. Like, all right, how, how's it going to look tonight? Because to me, if, if it had been trouble tonight – then, then we got a problem, you know, right, right off the shoot. But it didn't happen tonight. Pool was comfortable. They, uh, you know, started the run of that second quarter that 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 basically ended the game. You know, thirty-seven seventeen, and that was all started uh, by by that bench group. A little bit different, uh, but Mannion and Pool played well. It was a little bit different. Uh, Looney was out there with them tonight. No Wiseman, Draymond was out there with them a little bit tonight. But uh, Pool and and Mannion. Uh, Played very well, and you know Damian Lee got some run tonight. Uh, didn't knock down shots, but I thought Damian Lee was was steady uh, as Damian Lee uh, typically is uh, for the Warriors when he gets uh, an opportunity to play. Right. Want to reset a, a couple of the the, the storylines here uh, from post game. We'll hear from Steve Kerr and Draymond Green as well. Uh, just letting everybody know the latest uh, with Stephen Curry, uh, tailbone contusion. Uh, obviously didn't come back in the game uh, after he took that fall uh, in the third quarter. A couple of platform risers uh, in the area where he fell uh, off the, the, the side of the floor there. So he didn't finish the game. Uh, no word yet on his status uh, for for Friday. Uh, but uh, you know, optimistic at this point. I, I think uh, cautiously optimistic that, that it's not going to be a long-term thing at this point. I think uh, – is good news for the Warriors on that front. And then also uh, the news after the ball game, the Warriors announcing that uh, due to the 
COVID protocols, James Wiseman and Eric Pascal have to miss the uh, seven days. So if today's day one, that means they'd be eligible to return uh, if everything goes well uh, a week from tomorrow when the Warriors are, are in Sacramento to, to take on the Kings. So a couple of newsy items there uh, to pass along uh, on Warriors wrap-up here tonight uh, following the Warriors' 108-94 to, to win over the Rockets. Let, let's hear from Steve Kerr uh, because he was asked, again, you know, Wiseman, every time it starts to look like he's going to make a turn, he's found himself unavailable or just something has gone awry. Uh, Steve Kerr was asked if there's any frustration surrounding uh, Wiseman and Pascal in their situation where they got to shut it down. Of course, there's frustration, but there's nobody to blame. You know, nobody is at fault here. These are the circumstances. This is the life we're living right now. Uh, the league has to be overly cautious in order to make sure everybody is able to stay healthy and, and the league is able to function. And so we fully uh, respect the league's decision. At the same time, we're, we're uh, frustrated for for Eric and James. But uh, as I t- told you guys before the game, it's uh, we have to take the, the long view here. Both, both Eric and James have long, great careers ahead of them. And uh, this is going to be a short window of time. It won't affect them. You know, they're healthy. They're doing fine. You got to look at the bright side. So there you have it. Look at the bright side. A typically optimistic Steve Kerr uh, in in full in, in full display uh, post game. Yeah, and I, I think you have to have a measured perspective around this. It's is it disappointing? Of course, we want to see these guys playing. Now, help me understand, JD. So basically, it, this is just due to the the contact tracing that at some point they were in contact with somebody that had tested positive. Is that well? Is that the deal? Yeah, I mean. It's tough. Yes, I mean it would be at, at this point. It sounds like, uh, it it sounds like maybe, and I I hate to speculate uh, on this because you don't know, but it sounds like they would have maybe somebody close to either somebody close to them tested positive, or uh, one of them tested positive and the other one was around. Uh, you know, the, sure. The other one was around the one that tested positive, or maybe somebody on the developmental staff, uh, because the Warriors were without some coaches on the on the developmental side. Uh, maybe a, a coach or two that worked with those players tested positive, and so those players would have to be quarantined until they get seven days consecutively of of negative tests, because they would be deemed a, a close contact. So those would be the the possible scenarios here. And the other thing, just to point out for for full disclosure. Uh, James Wiseman missed the beginning of training camp uh, for health and safety protocol reasons, uh, and and you know Steve Kerr did say that 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 they're the two are healthy, uh, so maybe it, maybe it is just a contact tracing. They were around somebody who tested positive, thus now they have to test negative for seven consecutive days before they're eligible to return. Yeah, and and look I, again, I, I err on the side of caution. I understand that and. Is it frustrating? Certainly it's frustrating. It, you wish there was a quicker way to determine that these guys are healthy and, and okay to rejoin the basketball team, but 
That's not the world we're living in right now. And and look, you know, a couple of weeks from now, it's probably not going to matter that these guys missed a week as long as the Warriors, you know, collectively as a squad can can hold it together and, you know, it, it win a couple of games uh, in the next week. But it's just big picture for Wiseman. You know, Pascal, I'm not worried about Pascal at all. Like, I think we pretty much know who Eric Pascal is at this point. Um, the Wiseman thing's frustrating, but uh, hopefully, you know, there's still going to be what? You know, he'll still have, what, 28 games left when he comes back to, to finish up his rookie season. So uh, hopefully – there's, uh, you know, still plenty of good basketball ahead for him. All right, he's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. I- I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the Draymond Green for the other side. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up Warriors wrap up. We'll flip it around. We'll, we'll trade chairs and uh, we'll come back and maybe we'll keep the conversation going. I got some Draymond Green, some real good Draymond Green sound we didn't get to uh, in, in this segment that maybe we can get to there. We can also talk some football. Good day for the 49ers yeah. uh, today. Before While we were sleeping, the 49ers basically solidified every box left they still had to check uh, in, in free agency. So we can we can talk about that as well. 888-957-9570. Uh, the phone lines are open. We're with you until 10 o'clock, as we always are. Uh, but we'll play that final word open, uh, and we'll keep it moving here uh, into that 9 o'clock hour. Warriors beat the Rockets 108-94 right here on 95.7 The Game.